What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Well, what is going on, everybody? Nick Person here. I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at New Vision. And for those who are listening for the first time, welcome. And for those who have been listening for a while, welcome back. If you're new to this, or even if you're old to this, you know kind of the rhythm that we run in. We typically read the verse in its entirety. Then I'll give some insights and some helpful next steps where we are presently. And so that's kind of the rhythm we're going to run in today. I'm going to read the text in its entirety. We're going to walk back through slowly. I'm going to pull out some highlights. And then we will be ready for the next day as we continue in this journey through the book of Mark. And so let's begin in Mark chapter 11. I'm reading out of the NIV, so if yours reads a little differently than mine, you know the reason why. is because we might be reading different translations. And so Mark chapter 11, verse 1, says this. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which is one that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found the colt inside the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them, uh, told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So that's only 11 verses. And so here is the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And so let's go back through. Let me highlight a couple things that maybe you've thought about or haven't thought about and some implications for us here today. So let's begin back in verse number one. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say the Lord needs it and we'll send it back here shortly. So let's be reminded that these disciples and Jesus have been traveling at a pretty strong pace for about three years. And so they find themselves on the downhill of the journey. We'll see in the beginning part of Mark, we see that that two plus years takes about 10 chapters. But yet we're going to spend some time walking through chapter 11 and 12 and 13, which is really over three days. And so we're going to see this journey. We're going to see um, really what's what's happening. And it, it's almost like it's not the time slows down, but it seems like it has. And so these disciples find themselves really on the downhill of this journey with Jesus because he's about to surrender his life to be crucified and be resurrected. And so they get finally 
to this place, Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus sends two of his disciples on. Now, I don't know if you, this ever has stood out to you before, but Jesus is going to give them direct location where this cult's going to be, where, how to find it, and what to say when people ask it questions. This is pretty much, this is a supernatural thing that's happening. The fact that Jesus knows exactly where this cult is going to be and what people are going to say is just, again, a little glimpse as to who he really is. He is fully God and fully man. And you get to see this fully God part because he's going to tell them exactly where to go find this cult. The other thing I notice here, even though this is a strange request, right? These disciples have seen many of strange requests. It reminds me that really what we have learned on this journey thus far, it's going to help us continue on the journey. What do I mean by that? I mean, for you, as you think about the things you have been through, the hard things, the fun things, the impactful things, those things are building. Those things are going to be used and leveraged for your next steps going forward. These disciples have seen Jesus do some amazing things. And so now he's telling them exactly where a cult is. And from their perspective, this is a minor thing. Jesus has done way more profound things. But I love the fact that what they have learned previously is being played out and how they're walking today. It goes on to say in verse number four, they went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying the colt? Let me pause. So exactly again, what Jesus told them was going to happen is happening to a T. And this is important because not only is it just validating who Jesus is, but also Jesus is fulfilling prophecy as well and so this has great implications but this is a reminder for all of us that jesus will do that god will do exactly what he has promised us he will do it doesn't mean it'll be convenient and it doesn't mean it'll be in our timing but he is faithful to do exactly what he said he will do verse number six they answered as jesus had told them to and the people let them go that's kind of an odd thing, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but this would be the equivalent of someone almost inviting me to use a new car. Like, so these strangers come into town and they go, hey, Jesus needs your car, right? And these people willingly hand over the keys to their cult um, to these people. Like, and so God was working and he was providing a way, even though it did not make sense, because you got to think you wouldn't hand over the keys to your car or even definitely not your new car. But these people do that because God had already gone ahead and prepared them to say yes. And so they say yes. And then it keeps on going. When they brought the cult to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it again, fulfilling prophecy. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So you see this scene and you're going, man, what a beautiful scene. These people are preparing for the king of kings and the Lord of lords to come and to fulfill the kingdom of David. But also, as we talked about with Peter, think about Peter. When Peter says, hey, Jesus, you're the Messiah, right? Peter got it partially right and jesus affirms what peter said but peter didn't get it fully right and so these people who are shouting hosanna here comes the kingdom of david here comes hosanna in the highest heaven they are affirming really what they want jesus to do right they there might have been some in this lot that are like oh you're going to be the servant and suffering king 
But I would guarantee that the majority of these people are thinking, you have come to reestablish the nation of Jerusalem. You're going to kick Rome to the curb. You're going to establish your kingdom here and now. We are so glad that you are here. Come, Jesus. Come restore what we want you to restore. Come and do what we want you to do. But yet, Jesus wasn't going to do it that way. They are thinking he's about to use military force. But he is actually going to use humility to bring down a lesser kingdom. And that is not what they were thinking. They were thinking, hey, he's going to restore what needs to be restored right here and right now. But that is not what Jesus ended up doing. And I think about my, myself. I think about how often do I want Jesus to conform to what I want and to bend to what I want him to bend to instead of joining him in what he is doing. See, the invitation is to get in the yoke with him. I don't get to give him an invitation to get in the yoke with me. That's a lesser yoke. And a lot of times I find it's difficult because I'm trying to get the Lord to go the way I want him to go. And it just doesn't work that way. So these people... They're shouting Hosanna. They're saying praise to this king. Praise to the one who's going to establish this kingdom. But Jesus is going to establish the kingdom and has been establishing the kingdom in a way of humility, not in a way of force. And it's hard. It's hard when Jesus doesn't conform to what we want. But honestly, we don't want him to conform to what we want. We want him to do it the best way. And so that's exactly what he is going to do. Then verse 11 says this. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. See, Jesus goes into the temple and, and we're almost underwhelmed by what happens. He looks around and then, then he decides he's going to go to Bethany with the twelve. You can feel the tension rising. We know Jesus has talked about when he goes back to Jerusalem what is going to happen. But here he is on this journey, one step closer to fulfilling and establishing the kingdom forever and ever and ever. Amen. And in solidifying the fact that we get to be a part of that kingdom through his death and his resurrection. But this kind of ends at the point where you're like, oh, is there no more? Is there not anything more than that? But what Jesus is doing, he is setting the pace and the tone for what's about to happen. And again, he doesn't operate by our time frame, but his own. But we want it done in the Lord's timing. So today, can you be reminded that Jesus has a plan and Jesus knows what he is doing, even when it does not fit into what you want or the time frame in which you expect it? It doesn't mean that his ways are any less than. And I hope today that you can trust him, that you can trust that he knows what he's doing, that you can trust that he has his glory in mind and our good in mind as well. And as we are reminded of that truth, as we're reminded of that fact that we can walk well in that truth and that we live differently in light of the truth. The king knows what he's doing. We see it in the fact that he knew exactly where a cult was and in the response of the people. We see it in all the ways he has proven himself that he is trustworthy. If he has been trustworthy in the past, he's going to be trustworthy in the present and he's going to be trustworthy in the future. We can trust that. So I hope we will continue to fix our eyes to get in the yoke with him, and to walk where he is leading. I promise you, you will end up in a better destination. No, we are for you, we love you, and we look forward to being back here with you as we continue in this journey through the book of Mark. Y'all go and be blessed. Bye, everybody. 
Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.